0: Preface of Experiments and Observations on Different Kinds of Air. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Experiments and Observations on Different Kinds of Air by Joseph Priestley. The Preface. One reason for the present publication has been the favorable reception of those of my Observations on Different Kinds of Air which were published in the Philosophical Transactions for the year seventeen seventy two, and the demand for them by persons who did not choose, for the sake of those papers only, to purchase the whole volume in which they were contained. Another motive was the additions to my observations on this subject, in consequence of which my papers grew too large for such a publication as the Philosophical Transactions. Contrary, therefore, to my intention, expressed philosophical transactions volume sixty four page ninety but with the approbation of the president and of my friends in the society i have determined to send them no more papers for the present on this subject but to make a separate and immediate publication of all that i have done with respect to it besides considering the attention which i am informed is now given to this subject by philosophers in all parts of europe and the rapid progress that has already been made, and may be expected to be made in this branch of knowledge, all unnecessary delays in the publication of experiments relating to it are peculiarly unjustifiable, when, for the sake of a little more reputation, men can keep brooding over a new fact, in the discovery of which they might, possibly, have very little real merit, till they think they can astonish the world with a system as complete as it is new, and give mankind a prodigious idea of their judgment and penetration they are justly punished for their ingratitude to the fountain of all knowledge and for their want of a genuine love of science and of mankind in finding their boasted discoveries anticipated and the field of honest fame preoccupied by men who from a natural ardour of mind engage in philosophical pursuits and with an ingenious simplicity immediately communicate to others whatever occurs to them in their inquiries as to myself i find it absolutely impossible to produce a work on this subject that shall be anything like complete my first publication i acknowledge to be very imperfect and the present i am as ready to acknowledge is still more so but paradoxical as it may seem this will ever be the case in the progress of natural science so long as the works of God are, like himself, infinite and inexhaustible. In completing one discovery we never fail to get an imperfect knowledge of others, of which we could have no idea before, so that we cannot solve one doubt without creating several new ones. Traveling on this ground resembles Pope's description of traveling among the Alps, with this difference, that here there is not only succession, but an increase of new objects and new difficulties. So pleased at first the towering Alps we try, Mount o'er the vales and seem to tread the sky. The eternal snows appear already past, And the first clouds and mountains seem the last, But those attained we tremble to survey The growing labors of the lengthened way, The increasing prospect tires our wandering eyes, Hills peep over hills, and Alps on Alps rise. Essay on Criticism newton as he had very little knowledge of air so he had few doubts concerning it had dr hales after his various and valuable investigations given a list of all his desiderata i am confident that he would not have thought of one in ten that had occurred to me at the time of my last publication and my doubts queries and hints for new experiments are very considerably increased after a series of investigations which have thrown great light upon many things of which i was not able to give any explanation before i would observe farther that a person who means to serve the cause of science effectually must hazard his own reputation so far as to risk even mistakes in things of less moment among a multiplicity of new objects and new relations some will necessarily pass without sufficient attention But if a man cannot be mistaken in the principal objects of his pursuits, he has no occasion to distress himself about lesser things. In the progress of his inquiries, he will generally be able to rectify his own mistakes, or, if little and envious souls should take a malignant pleasure in detecting them for him and endeavoring to expose him, he is not worthy of the name of philosopher, if he has not strength of mind sufficient to enable him not to be disturbed at it he who does not foolishly affect to be above the failings of humanity will not be mortified when it is proved that he is but a man in this work as well as in all my other philosophical writings i have made it a rule not to conceal the real views with which i have made experiments because though by following a contrary maxim i might have acquired a character of greater sagacity I think that two very good ends are answered by the method that I have adopted, for it both tends to make a narrative of a course of experiments more interesting, and likewise encourages other adventurers in experimental philosophy, showing them that, by pursuing even false lights, real and important truths may be discovered, and that in seeking one thing we often find another. In some respects, indeed, this method makes the narrative longer but it is by making it less tedious and in other respects i have written much more concisely than is usual with those who publish accounts of their experiments in this treatise the reader will often find the result of long processes expressed in a few lines and of many such in a single paragraph each of which if i had with the usual parade describe it as large explaining first the preparation, then reciting the experiment itself, with the real result of it, and lastly making suitable reflections, would have made as many sections or chapters, and have swelled my book to a pompous and respectable size. But I have the pleasure to think that those philosophers, who have but little time to spare for reading, which is always the case with those who do much themselves, will thank me for not keeping them too long from their own pursuits, and that they will find rather more in the volume than the appearance of it promises. I do not think it at all degrading to the business of experimental philosophy to compare it, as I often do, to the diversion of hunting, where it sometimes happens that those who have beat the ground the most, and are consequently the best acquainted with it, weary themselves without starting any game when it may fall in the way of a mere passenger so that there is but little room for boasting in the most successful termination of the chase the best founded praise is that which is due to the man who from a supreme veneration for the god of nature takes pleasure in contemplating his works and from a love of his fellow creatures as the offspring of the same all-wise and benevolent parent with a grateful sense and perfect enjoyment of the means of happiness of which he is already possessed seeks with earnestness but without murmuring or impatience the greater command of the powers of nature which can only be obtained by a more extensive and more accurate knowledge of them and which alone can enable us to avail ourselves of the numerous advantages with which we are surrounded And contribute to make our common situation more secure and happy. Besides, the man who believes that there is a governor as well as a maker of the world, and there is certainly equal reason to believe both, will acknowledge his providence and favor at least as much in a successful pursuit of knowledge as of wealth, which is a sentiment that entirely cuts off all boasting with respect to ourselves, and all envy and jealousy, with respect to others and disposes us mutually to rejoice in every new light that we receive through whose hands soever it may be conveyed to us i shall pass for an enthusiast with some but i am perfectly easy under the imputation because i am happy in those views which subject me to it but considering the amazing improvements in natural knowledge which have been made within the last century and the many ages abounding with men who had no other object but study in which however nothing of this kind was done there appears to me to be a very particular providence in the concurrence of those circumstances which have produced so great a change and i cannot help flattering myself that this will be instrumental in bringing about other changes in the state of the world of much more consequence to the improvement and happiness of it The rapid progress of knowledge, which, like the progress of a wave of the sea, of sound, or of light from the sun, extends itself not this way or that way only, but in all directions, I will, I doubt not, be the means under God of extirpating all error and prejudice, and of putting an end to all undue and usurped authority in the business of religion, as well as of science and all the efforts of the interested friends of corrupt establishments and of all kinds will be ineffectual for their support in this enlightened age though by retarding their downfall they may make the final ruin of them more complete and glorious it was ill policy in leo x to patronize polite literature he was cherishing an enemy in disguise and the english hierarchy if there be anything unsound in its constitution, has equal reason to tremble even at an air-pump or an electrical machine. There certainly never was any period in which natural knowledge made such a progress as it has done of late years, and especially in this country, and they who affect to speak with supercilious contempt of the publications of the present age in general, or of the royal society in particular, are only those who are themselves engaged in the most trifling of all literary pursuits, who are acquainted with all real science, and are ignorant of the progress and present state of it. It is true that the rich and the great in this country give less attention to those subjects than, I believe, they were ever known to do since the time of Lord Bacon, and much less than men of rank and fortune in other countries give to them. But with us, this loss is made up by men of leisure, spirit, and ingenuity in the middle ranks of life, which is a circumstance that promises better for the continuance of this progress in useful knowledge than any noble or royal patronage. With us, politics chiefly engage the attention of those who stand foremost in the community, which, indeed, arises from the freedom and peculiar excellence of our Constitution without which even the spirit of men of letters in general, and of philosophers in particular, who never directly interfere in matters of government, would languish. It is rather to be regretted, however, that in such a number of nobility and gentry, so very few should have any taste for scientific pursuits, because for many valuable purposes of science, wealth gives a decisive advantage. If extensive and lasting fame be at all an object, literary and especially scientific pursuits are preferable to political ones in a variety of respects. The former are as much more favorable for the display of the human faculties than the latter, as the system of nature is superior to any political system upon earth. If extensive usefulness be the object, science has the same advantage over politics the greatest success in the latter seldom extends farther than one particular country and one particular age whereas a successful pursuit of science makes a man the benefactor of all mankind and of every age how trifling is the fame of any statesman that this country has ever produced to that of lord bacon or newton or of boyle and how much greater are our obligations to such men as these than to any other in the whole Biographia Britannica, and every country in which science has flourished can furnish instances for similar observations. Here my reader will thank me, and the writer will, I hope, forgive me, if I quote a passage from the postscript of a letter which I happen to have just received from that excellent and, in my opinion, not-too-enthusiastical philosopher, Father Beceria of Turin mi spiace che il mondo politico che pur tanto passeggero rubi il grande franklin El mondo della natura che non sa ne cambiare ne mancare in english i am sorry that the political world which is so very transitory should take the great franklin from the world of nature which can never change or fail i own it is with particular pleasure that i quote this passage respecting this truly great man at a time when some of the infatuated politicians of this country are vainly thinking to build their wretched and destructive projects on the ruins of his established reputation a reputation as extensive as the spread of science itself and of which it is saying very little indeed to pronounce that it will last and flourish when the names of all his enemies shall be forgotten I think it proper, upon this occasion, to inform my friends and the public that I have, for the present, suspended my design of writing the history and present state of all the branches of experimental philosophy. This has arisen not from any dislike of the undertaking, but in truth, because I see no prospect of being reasonably indemnified for so much labor and expense, notwithstanding the specimens I have already given of that work, in the history of electricity and of the discoveries relating to vision light and colours have met with a much more favourable reception from the best judges both at home and abroad than i expected immortality if i should have any view to it is not the proper price of such works as these i propose however having given so much attention to the subject of air to write at my leisure the history and present state of discoveries relating to it, in which case I shall, as a part of it, reprint this work with such improvements as shall have occurred to me at that time. And I give this notice of it, that no person who intends to purchase it may have any reason, being thus appraised of my intention, to complain of buying the same thing twice. If any person choose it, he may save his five or six shillings for the present and wait five or six years longer if I should live so long for the opportunity of buying the same thing, probably much enlarged and at the same time a complete account of all that has been done by others relating to this subject, though for the plain and I hope satisfactory reason above mentioned, I shall probably write no other histories of this kind i shall as opportunity serves endeavor to provide materials for such histories by continuing my experiments keeping my eyes open to such new appearances as may present themselves investigating them as far as i shall be able and never failing to communicate to the public by some channel or other the result of my observations in the publication of this work i have thought that it would be agreeable to my readers to preserve in some measure the order of history and therefore i have not thrown together all that i have observed with respect to each kind of error but have divided the work into two parts the former containing what was published before in the philosophical transactions with such observations and corrections as subsequent experience has suggested to me and i have reserved for the latter part of the work an account of the experiments which i have made since that publication and after a pretty long interruption in my philosophical pursuits in the course of the last summer besides i am sensible in that the latter part of this work a different arrangement of the subjects will be more convenient for their mutual illustration some persons object to the term air as applied to acid alkaline and even nitrous air but it is certainly very convenient to have a common term by which to denote things which have so many common properties, and so very striking, all of them agreeing with the air in which we breathe, and with fixed air in elasticity and transparency, and in being alike affected by heat or cold, so that to the eye they appear to have no difference at all, with much more reason, as it appears to me might a person object to the common term metal as applied to things so very different from one another as gold quicksilver and lead besides acid and alkaline air do not differ from common air in any respect that can countenance an objection to their having a common appellation except in such properties as are common to it with fixed air though in a different degree viz that of being imbibed by water but indeed all things of air common air itself not excepted, are capable of being imbibed by water in some degree some may think the terms acid and alkaline vapor more proper than acid and alkaline air but the term vapor having always been applied to elastic matters capable of being condensed in the temperature of the atmosphere especially the vapour of water, it seems harsh to apply it to any elastic substance, which at the same time that it is as transparent as the air we breathe, is no more affected by the cold than it is. As my former papers were immediately translated into several foreign languages, I may presume that this treatise, having a better title to it, will be translated also, and upon this presumption I cannot help expressing a wish that it may be done by persons who have a competent knowledge of the subject, as well as of the English language. The mistakes made by some foreigners have induced me to give this caution. London, February, 1774 End of Preface ADVERTISEMENT The weights mentioned in the course of this treatise are troy, and what is called an ounce of measure of air is the space occupied by an ounce weight of water, which is equal to 480 grains, and is, therefore, almost 2 cubic inches of water, for 1 cubic inch weighs 254 grains. Footnotes. See Sir John Pringle's Discourse on the Different Kinds of Air, page 29, which, if it became me to do it, I would recommend to the reader, as containing a just and elegant account of the several discoveries that have been successively made, relating to the subject of this treatise. End of Preface